Hey, so before we get started today, um, Sam, I'm going to ask you to stay up here. Miss McKenzie, I'm going to ask you guys to come. Go ahead and bring your coffee up too if you want to. I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and join us on stage, baby, if you would come up here as well. Hey, for many of you, um, you've, seen, you've seen Sam and McKenzie. Um, Sam has been with us uh, for the first time this summer. McKenzie, man, you've been here since we, since we started. Uh, but this summer, you guys go ahead and step down here. Make your way down. Make, they have no idea what's going on right now. Um, but, but Sam has been, and Mackenzie has been, two of our, our summer interns. They attend Lee University. Um, this is their last Sunday with us. They'll be taken back off to Lee. Um, they'll be taken back off to Lee Friday. That's sad. Hopefully Piper didn't hear me say that. I'm going to cry. Mackenzie's been with our daughter like every day. Like she's been our nanny this summer. So uh, my daughter's going to cry. I- I'm going to cry. But, but for both of you guys, we just want to honor you. Uh, we want to say thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're going to continue to do. I don't, I don't believe that the journey's over with Multiply. We'll just see uh, how long it takes you to get back here. All right. Uh, so, hey, if you could go ahead and uh, give, them a, give a clap. Of- and if you could, uh, could you just extend a hand as we pray over these two? Lord, we just pray for Sam and Mackenzie right now. For those of you who don't know, they're engaged, so it's okay that they're this close together. Uh, but Lord, we just pray right now for their future uh, marriage. God, we pray right now for, for where you're calling them and what you're calling them to do. God, we believe that they will continue to expand the kingdom because of who they are and who you've called them to be. Lord, we pray for their giftings. God, we pray for them as a couple, that they would make the gates of hell shudder, that when the enemy sees them coming, that they will run and flee in Jesus' name. Lord, we believe and we pray for the future. God, give them safe travels. Help them to finish school, especially Sam. And everyone said amen and amen. We'll give it up for these guys one more time. Don't cry. Wait till you get down there. We're all kind of close. Hey, so we are in, we are in our, our Formed series, uh, week four of, of Formed. And, and before we get started today, I got I to gotta let you know what I sent our lead pastors, um, all the lead pastors of, of our Multiply locations. I, I sent them this earlier this week. It was a text that I sent. I said, boys, we preaching this week. Not preaching like with an I-N-G, but with an I-N and apostrophe on the end. You know what I'm talking about? I said, we're throwing down, calling multiplier out and people, no nonsense, wake up, sleeping giant type of preaching. This past week when I was writing our sermon, I shared this with the team today. When I was writing the sermon, I don't know why, I'm not a huge emotional person, but for some reason when I was writing the sermon this past week, man, my eyes started filling up with tears and and I had my AirPods in and I was listening to worship music and I was just getting after it. And I was about to have church in the coffee shop like by, by myself. But I need, I need you guys to, to get ready. My, my buddy, Curtis, I told you I was going to call you out. I think you were the last person in the church this morning, but you made it. You made it. But, but Curtis told me yesterday, he said, hey, if you preach today, I need, a, I need a little Billy Graham to come out in you. If you preach today, I need you to open up the altars or something. I said, all right, fine, we'll do both of them. I'll get a little loud and we'll open up the altars at the end. But because I, I truly believe that God has something in store for people today. When I read my Bible, I look at the way that, that Paul communicated. I look at the way that, that Peter communicated. I look at the way that James, if you've been reading through the book of James with us for 30 days, I look at the way that James communicated. And when I read these authors, they spoke with courage and conviction. They were bold in their faith. that They weren't afraid to, to tell it the way that it was. They, they spoke with courage. And they spoke with conviction. They called out no-nonsense type of 
I was going to say some language that I probably shouldn't say from a, a stage on Sunday morning, but, but they called out no-nonsense type of behavior. But they also spoke with authority and encouragement. The, the authority was given to them from heaven. All of us in this room, if we have a personal relationship with Jesus, we walk in authority, or at least we're supposed to. We're supposed to walk in authority, but we're also supposed to walk in encouragement. It's not our role just to point out the flaws in other people, but to come alongside of them and walk through their journeys of life. Sure, we can see something that doesn't align with Scripture. It's very easy to point it out, but are you willing to step down and walk hand in hand with people as they follow this journey towards Jesus? Or, or are we just going to stand here and get as tall on a stage as we can and say, hey, you figure it out, but I'll tell you what is right opposed to walking it with you. Today might be a little hard. Today we might dive in a little bit, but we're going to step out in authority. I, I don't, I mean, shame, shame on me as a pastor if I allow you to walk out of these doors at the end of the service and you're not walking in the authority that God has given you from heaven. Shame on you if we walk out together and you don't challenge me. We're called to walk in the authority. At least three people said amen. amen. There's a lot of uh, CrossFitters in here today. Uh, we'll pray that we're not all sore uh, tomorrow after tomorrow's workout. Uh, but but many, of you know who, many of you know who Luke Watts is. And Luke has this saying. He, he always says, Jake, what does he always say? The gas pedal is where? It's on the right. So today we're going to hammer down a little bit. Let's start off with Isaiah chapter 45, verse 9. I read it last week. I'm going to read it this week. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? We live in a society where the clay is trying to tell the potter what to make opposed to letting God just form what he's ultimately de desired and deemed as good. Remember way back to week one, three or four weeks ago, this imagery of the potter and the clay is used throughout Scripture as a correlation between our relationship as humanity with God as our Father. Jeremiah chapter 18, we get this picture. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my word. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his will. Church, the potter is always working. God is always working. He's always up to something. Verse 4, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to do. We talked about this idea of cultivating clay. And we mentioned a few weeks ago that to cultivate clay, you dig it up and, and then you add the water. And, and once you add the water, the raw material falls to the bottoms. And for a moment, the clay is suspended on the top because clay is actually lighter than other raw material like dirt and, and sticks and rocks. But, but this, is what, this is what I want to dive into a bit today. To get the clay to the top, the clay has to go through an agitation process. It has to go through a shaking process. So yeah, you, you add the water, but then you have to shake it. You have to agitate all the raw materials with the clay. And for about five seconds, that clay is suspended on top. But inevitably what happens is clay has a tendency to settle. And once clay settles, it's just mixed back in with the raw material. 
So maybe you're praying bold prayers and you want God to answer. Maybe you're asking God for things like, hey, God, I, I, really, want more, I really want more wisdom. And you tell yourself, I'm going to read 10 pages a day for the next 30 days, and I'm, I'm going to finish this book because I haven't finished a book since high school. And half the room said, amen. But, but then you start reading the book, and, and you get 10 pages in. The first day, you're doing great. The second, the second day, you, you maybe read five, and then by day three, you, you tell yourself you're going to read at night, and you end up falling asleep, and you don't read the pages, Right? But hopefully when you wake up the next morning, you're a little agitated and the agitation keeps you from settling. The agitation keeps you from just putting the book to the side. You go, hey, what, you know, today I'm going to continue reading. That the agitation process keeps you, keeps you going. Maybe you want to graduate, but you have the agitation of school and, and graduation and you have a few classes left. But it's, <laughs> we got two. But, but hopefully, hopefully, the, hopefully, the, really, hopefully the agitation of those classes will keep you going. Do you want to do it? No, but you can't settle. You have to finish. You have to cross the finish line. And Matt and Dawn Marie Carroll said, yes, you do, because you're marrying my daughter. So you, ha- like you, have, you have to graduate. You can't settle. You have to be a little agitated. Maybe you're a parent in the room. And you, you, your main goal in life is you just want your kids to grow up to be good humans. Can I, like, amen? Like, like, you just want your kid to be a good human. And it's the agitation of trying to teach your kids right from wrong. Sometimes I get agitated with Piper and I just want to grab her. But, but, but it's the agitation that keeps me going. I, I can't settle. Because as soon as I settle, as soon as I settle, I, I begin to fall back into the mold. As soon as I settle as clay, I begin to get mixed up in the raw materials. If we start to settle in culture, we're going to begin to get mixed up in culture. I think the reason that we have a problem is in our society is because Christians are just settling. We're just settling for less than God's best. We're settling from less, for less than what Scripture tells us to do. We know what God says, but we don't want to offend too many people. We know what God says, but we're afraid if we preach it, then, then our rooms won't be full on a Sunday morning. We know what God says, but we're just going to settle because if we settle, then maybe we can live at peace. We're not living at peace. What we're doing is we're settling back in society and settling back into culture. And then, then we're not clay. We're just part of the other raw material. Then we're not clay. We're just a part of culture for some reason for some reason we're okay settling what if what if God uses the agitation process there's a lot of things in my life and in society things that I see on the news things that I read on social media journal entries that I read blog posts they agitate the nonsense out of me I get irritated but it's that irritation that keeps me moving forward It's that agitation that will keep me from settling for what God has for me. God will use the agitation in your life to keep you from settling for something less than he has for you. So after the cultivation of clay, we we talked about the wedging process. And you remember the wedging. You remember the folding and the pressing. In order for clay to be used, it can be harvested, but then it has to be wedged. It has to be folded and pressed and folded and pressed. And some of you are thinking, dear Lord, pastor, stop talking about the folding and pressing of life. You've talked about it for three weeks, and I feel like that's all that I'm experiencing right now in life. Let me read the scripture to you, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there you will hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his will, and the, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hands. It was spoiled. 
It's messed up. It felt like it had no purpose. But then the potter reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to do. We've been in this verse for, for three weeks. I've been reading it over and over and over again. But this past Wednesday when I was writing this sermon, I saw something for the very first time. And, and this is what I noticed. We read it again. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there you hear my word. So I went down to the potter's house and he was working at his will. The potter was already working at his will. The potter was already working. What, what, did, what did Jeremiah not see? Jeremiah didn't see the cultivation process. Jeremiah didn't see the wedging process of the clay. The clay was already being formed. Can I encourage someone today that the hardest things that you'll face in your life, you're probably going to do it where nobody else can see them. The hardest pressing, the hardest folding, the hardest preparation, you're going to do it where no one else can see it. The, pro the, the prophet Jeremiah didn't see the agitation process. M maybe you're agitated in life. Maybe you got some things going on in your life, but you come in here on a Sunday morning and you try to keep it together. Nobody's seeing the wedging process. Oftentimes the hardest parts will happen when no one else sees them. But listen to me. The agitation, the shaking, and the folding, and the pressing, it can be tough, it can be painful, but you're better for it. You're better when you go through it. You're better when you fix your eyes on Jesus. You're better, parents, listen to me, you're better because of parenting when it gets hard. You're a better parent because you parent your kid when they try to run from their faith. You're a better parent when your kid is going off the deep end, but you stick with them day in and day out. You're better because you stuck with that job that God called you to even when the startup was hard. You're better because you stood for your faith even when everyone else thought it was stupid. You're better because you stuck up and stuck that friendship out even when it hurt. You're better because you're willing to have hard conversations instead of avoiding them. Christians need to learn to have hard conversations again. Christ followers need to learn how to have hard conversations. It's okay to have a hard conversation. We've got to be willing to lean into it. We're better when we persevere. Let, let, me, let me encourage someone today. Persevering even when life is hard. Persevere even when it hurts. Persevere even when nobody is looking. James chapter 1 verse 2. Again, if you've been reading with us for the past 30 days, I can't get off of this verse. Anybody else reading the book of James right now? Everybody reading with us? There you go. If you haven't, start, start tomorrow. Start today. How about that? James 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Church, if things are hard, if life is hard, Scripture says to consider it pure joy. If things are rough, Scripture says to consider it pure joy. It's trials of many kinds. In other words, it's the folding and it's the pressing of life. Every single one of us have, have a story. I've shared about my dad several times. I'll always share about my dad. But lose, lose, losing my dad almost instantaneously, overnight, it hit me hard. It was a trial of life. It was something that I had to deal with. But I'm better because I've made it through. Jenna, I, I know when, when, when you and I 
um, when, we had, when we had that miscarriage. About, about ripped us from the inside out. It, it was something that, that we, would, we would put the face on. We would come on Sunday morning, and I would preach, and we would worship, and we would go back home, and, and it was like it was dead silence. And we would just sit there, and we were kind of numb. Paul and Nicole, I know you've, I know you've experienced it. You've shared it. You felt kind of numb. But, but what I know, what I know is we're better because of it. What I know is that, that you've experienced that, and, and I've experienced that on a much lesser level, but, but you're able to pour into other people's lives. What's your story? What's the thing that you've had to go through? What's the thing that you've had to persevere through? See, the problem is if we don't persevere, then we can't pour into other people's lives. If we don't persevere, then, then what we do is we, we take a back seat, we sit on the sideline, and then God can't use us in our purpose that we have because we're not willing to be used. Let, let me press some people this morning. Let me make this a little uncomfortable. Let, let's be a little bold for a second. I'm going to do something that I've never done. And everybody got a little nervous because I've done a lot. But let me ask you to do this. If you've experienced any type of pain in your life, I want you to stand up. Any type of pain. If you've experienced any type of loss, if you've experienced any type of disappointment, if you've experienced any folding and any pressing, if you've experienced any trials of life, I didn't think that everybody was going to stand after the first one, but you did. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to look around. Like actually look around. Don't look at me. Look around. For a moment, it's a little awkward. For a moment, it's like, ah, I, don't want to, I don't want to look at anybody because I don't want anyone to know what I've experienced. I, I, I don't want to look at anyone else because if I look at anyone else, then they'll know that I don't have it all together. If I look at anyone else, then, then maybe, maybe they'll realize that I've been wearing a mask. If I look at anyone else, then maybe they won't look at me the same way that they've always looked at me. But, but you know what? When I look around, I get encouraged. When I look around, I realize I'm not by myself. When I look around, I realize, I realize there's others like me. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Every time you experience trials, every time you experience pain, you're better for it if you persevere through it. And then last week we talked about the centering process. We, say, we said to stay centered on the word of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. That's why we as a church committed to that 30 days of, of Bible reading to download the app, to to read and to journal with us. And, and here's the deal. I've gotten so many daggum texts from people that God is speaking to them. I've gotten so many texts that God is up to something. But, but this is what I know. We have the shaking. We have the pressing and the folding. We have the centering. And then the forming happens. The forming happens when you're creating pottery. That's the last or one of the last steps. It's the forming. It's the pulling of the wall. So anytime you have a clay structure, you have to have pressure from the inside and pressure from the outside to create the walls of whatever you're making. But here's the deal. The internal pressure, the pressure from the inside, has to match the pressure from the outside. 
Because if there's too much pressure from the inside, then what will happen is the structure will collapse. But if there's too much pressure from the outside, then the structure will just cave in. We're created to experience internal and external pressures because it's pressure that makes you. It's the pressure in life that forms you. But here's the main thought for today. Why is anything created? Why is a pot or a coffee mug or a bowl or anything in this world created? It's created to be used. A coffee mug isn't just created for a a cheesy Father's Day present. Thank you for laughing at that joke. Give you $5 at the end of service. It's created to carry coffee. It's, It's created for a purpose. If we are the pottery, then we're created to be used. If not, we're just kind of cast to the side. Now, be honest with me. How many, how many of you have that one cabinet or that one cupboard that when you open it up, you're a little nervous and you kind of lean back a little bit because there's so many coffee mugs in it. You think they're all going to fall out. Is it just us? We're the weirdos. Nobody else wants to raise their hand. Thank you for being honest. God sees that hand. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, but we have, we have, these, we have this, this cabinet that has so many coffee mugs in it. And I want to purge them every single week because there's no way that we can use all of the coffee mugs. And, and what happens is if we don't use them, they, they sit in the cupboard and they collect dust. They were made for a purpose. They were made to carry coffee. Or for those weirdos who don't drink coffee, Brian King, they were made, they were made for tea. Right? Like <laughs> But, but they were made for a purpose. They were made to be used. I wonder how many churches are acting like, like cabinets. The, the, the people that are sitting in the chairs on a Sunday morning are made to be used. God made you for a purpose, but for some reason you're not fulfilling your purpose. How many people across America, across our world, is sitting in a church on a Sunday morning and all they're doing is collecting spiritual dust and they're not being used for the purpose that God intended them to be used for? We can't do it. I refuse, as long as I'm the pastor of this church, I refuse not to push you to be the very best that God has called you to be. This isn't some high, like high five, let me encourage you to like fulfill it. No, no, no. I want you to step into the call that God has on your life. Yeah. And if I'm not doing that, then I shouldn't be up here. So, so let, me, let me get back to this. Let me get back to this. You're the church. We're the church. If you believe in God, then you have to believe that you have a purpose. And, and, and I, think, I think oftentimes we can go, okay, yeah, but how? What what does that mean in the context of the church? What does that mean in the context outside of the church? Let me tell you very practically inside the church for just a moment. We're growing. We've been blessed with the new facility. I know know Miss Jean is down there with about 12 other kiddos right now thinking, dear Lord, I need some help. Right? So, So practically, what do we need? I mean, we need individuals to be multipliers and to serve in our nursery. We need individuals to serve in elementary school. We need individuals to serve on the setup team. We need individuals to serve on the breakdown team, on the media team, on the worship team. And Brittany's having like a spiritual moment right now in the back because I'm saying this from the stage. 
But, that, but that's inside the church. What about outside the church? I've heard a few times, hey, pastor, we should do something. We should do something for the church, should do something for the school when school starts back. And here's my golden rule. If you've been around me any amount of time and you've told me, hey, we should probably, I'm going to look at you and go, you should probably, and you do it. I think oftentimes what we can do is we can look at the structure of a church and go, yeah, 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 that's the church's responsibility. Yeah, the church should probably, the church should probably engage the community. The church should probably set up some type of back to school drive. The church should probably feed the homeless. The, the, the church should probably fill, fill in your own, like the church should do it. But I have to remind you this morning that we are the church. So when you're asking someone else to do it, what you really need to do is look back in the mirror and go, hey God, how can you use me? God, what can I, what can I do? What is my purpose? Some of you need to talk to Jesus or talk about Jesus more in your workplace. Pastor, I can't do that. I might get fired. I'm debating on if I should say this or not, so I'm probably just going to say it. Let me ask you this. Is your job more important? Or is someone's soul more important? Well, pastor, I can't provide. I can't provide for my family if I lose my job. So then let's walk down the rabbit trail. What is your your faith and your belief and your security in your job or in God? Well, pastor, it's not that easy. But, But what if it was? What if it was? What if we truly believed that God was who he says he was? What if we truly believed that God would provide in every situation? What if we truly believed that God has called us to proclaim the gospel message? What if we truly believe that our purpose on this earth isn't for a paycheck, isn't to start a business, isn't just to be the pastor of a church, but to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ? That's what I, that's what I want the call to be. That's what I want my life to be. What, what's, your true, what's your true purpose? Some of us need, need to be more bold about our faith. Some of us... Some of us need to get off the sidelines. For some reason, we've settled. For some reason, we've just sat on the sidelines and we refuse to get back in the game. Sam, I'm going to ask you to sing these words over us and then I'm going to preach just a little more. But all across this room, could you stand? Would you stand with us and Sam, just sing. I just want you to listen to these words. Oh 
were actually you? What if we opened up the altars and we got on our faces before God and we started praying for our family? We all know the family member who's far away from God. What if we actually did something about it? What if, what if for a moment we actually started praying for our coworkers? We know that one person, that they're right on the edge of stepping into a relationship with Jesus. And we've talked about praying for them. What if we did it today? What, what if, what if we actually prayed for our community? What if we actually believed what we read about? What if we actually believed what we profess that we believe? I'm, t- I'm tired. I'm tired of the church standing on the sidelines. We have the greatest message that the world has ever known. The greatest message. And I'm tired of not telling people about it. I'm tired. I'm I'm agitated. I refuse to settle. I refuse to settle. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to open up the altar. So that prayer team, uh, can I get the prayer team to come up front? Stacy Riles, you posted posted a, a video this past this past week and uh and the video was if you if you guys have seen what's going on in south africa there's a there's a lot of unrest there's a lot of uh things going on in the streets there's a lot of looting there's a there's a lot of unrest in in the country and stacy posted this video that i saw and it was of this elderly woman who was walking the streets and all she was doing was praying she she said not on my watch not on my watch, Sam. Not, not on my watch, Multiply Church. Not on my watch, Rich. You're a big dude. I hope you're in my corner. I need you to stand in my corner. Matt, not on my watch. Megan, not, not on my watch. Josh, not, not on my watch. Marina, it can't be on our watch. Manny, it can't, it can't be on our watch. Gio, it can't be. Shame on us. Shame on us if we let it happen on our watch. It can't happen on our watch. So we're going to step into some worship. Finished a little early. And this is what I'm going to challenge you with. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you, so we left the front open for a purpose. Maybe you need to just spend time with Jesus. Maybe you just need to have some one-on-one time. Maybe, maybe you need someone to pray with you. Maybe you need someone to stand with you in prayer. Maybe, maybe you're not coming up here for yourself. Maybe you're standing in for someone else. Maybe you're you're standing in for that family member. Maybe you're truly standing in for that coworker. Don't, Don't leave here today wishing you would have come up here. Don't leave here today wondering what the power of God is like and not experiencing it. So Paul, let's step back into worship.